Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Daron. And I'm Nicole. And today we're talking hiring a coach, expectation versus reality. All right, Nicole, today, a coaching episode, mm-hmm. which is a little bit of a different direction. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a we've done coaching episodes. We talk about coaching all the time. But today we're strictly talking hiring a coach and what clients typically expect either going into a consultation or what they expect from coaching or what mm-hmm. they expect it to be versus the reality of what they're actually going to get. Yeah. Um, And then what value they are going to get in terms of the education and what they're going to learn from a what I would call a qualified evidence based coach. So let's dive into it. Let's talk about expectations versus reality. And Nicole, how do you want to run through this? Well, let's start with expectations. Like what should what should our clients that are listening or people that are listening to our podcast expect? All right. So let's start with number one. Okay. We've got a list of one, two, five different things here. Okay. This is like another, the top five expectations. The top five. We're not going to give them all five. We're going to start with number one. All right. (laughs) So number one is I get this all the time. I just want a meal plan. Can you give me a meal plan? Yeah. This is for general population, competitors. I, I mean, you name it. Anyone, no matter what stage you're in, in terms of the goal, everybody walks into the office and just says, Tell me what to eat. Give me a meal plan. And Nicole, what are some of the issues that we find the obstacles with that if we were to give someone a meal plan? Well, I mean, let's be honest. I've seen clients come in and I have said to them, well, have you done a meal plan before? This is my dialogue. They say, give me a meal plan. I said, have you used a meal plan before? Yes. Was it successful? Kind of. Or maybe even yes. And I said, "Okay, so how come you're not still utilizing that meal plan to get to your goal? Well, I really can't continue with it. It was just something I did for a short period of time. So when they come in and tell you they used the meal plan before, but they couldn't continue to do it as a lifestyle, that right there is your number one reason why meal plans don't work. People do meal plans and they don't work. They don't stick to it and they get bored with the food. Okay, so you're telling me I can only have eggs for breakfast. I'm like, well, this is the meal plan I'm giving you. This is it sticks to a certain calorie amount. It sticks to a macronutrient breakdown. And you just want to follow the plan. So just here you go. And that, that's like the aggressive meal plan. Then you have tiered down from that is a list of foods, right? So this is also a meal plan option where you say, here is a list of proteins, a list of carbs, a list of vegetables, a list of fats. Pick off of this specific meal plan these are the only foods that you can eat. So there's a little more variety and they can put things together, right? So that's another way to do a meal plan. Those are kind of the top two that I've experienced. Let's talk about the reality. The reality is, and this is often the conversation that I have with people, is that if I were to write you a meal plan, I'm going to write down foods that I like, that I think that you should eat. And it's going to be a limited list of things. And the issue with that is, you kind of lack autonomy in that you're lacking the choice in eating the foods that you want to eat. You're restricting yourself and you're not really learning anything from having a meal plan. So 
if I were to give you a meal plan, what is how is that going to benefit you in the long run? It's kind of like that saying you can give a man a fish and he can eat for a day or you can teach him how to fish and he can eat for a lifetime. Right. So yeah. that's essentially as coaches, the reality of what we're trying to do for you is we're trying to teach you how to fish. We're trying to teach you how to be able to eat and consume the foods that you enjoy within the parameters that we set for you together for the rest of your life and to be able to adapt and adjust and learn all of these tools to do things on your own eventually. Yeah. We want you to be so successful that you don't need us anymore. And that mm -hmm. takes knowledge and learning and education and step-by-step -step habits. Yeah. The other piece with a meal plan is it's zero to 60. Let's get everything overhauled right now. And it's just not realistic. You're not going to be able to stick to that. So yeah. the approach that we take, the reality is progressive meal strategies and habits. Mm -hmm. And in those progressive meal strategies, we're going to figure out, okay, let's have you log in a food journal. Let's take a look at what your current intake is. And let's figure out where we need to go from there. Do we yeah. need to add protein? Do we need to add more fruits and veggies? Do we need to uh, increase your hydration? Is that something you need to focus on? Yeah. Do we need to work on the energy in portion of it? Or do we need to work on the energy expenditure portion of it? Which ones can we play around with? And we can teach you all of the tools and strategies to be successful long-term and kind of gauge based on the new goals that you create for yourself, mm -hmm. what direction you can go in and how to navigate it yourself. Yeah. And again, I keep I'll keep saying this throughout this episode. I think that's from your general population up through like I have competitors in my caseload and learning about you as the individual is in, in terms of how you eat, what works for you um, and how you create a meal plan for life or for a goal is really important. And we've talked about this before many times in other podcasts, how making sure that this is a lifestyle that works best for you and choosing foods that you love that are authentic to you and your lifestyle is the only way to really make this something that you're going to stick to and adhere to in the long haul. Yeah. And also, listen, meal plans are too stringent. Like, what do you do when you're eating out and you have to veer off of that? It doesn't give you any leeway or wiggle room. And in real life, in, in real life scenarios, you're going to have to deal with eating out and make decisions on the fly. And you're going to have to learn to do that as well. And that's part of the coaching process. Yeah. All right. So Nicole, let's jump to the next one. And this is one that I'm just like, man, all right, faster results. The expectation is that you are going to hire a coach and that coach is going to get you there faster. There is no faster. I'm mm -hmm. just going to lay that right out there. Slow and steady progress. Stop being impatient. You haven't lost shit thus far, right? Yeah, Nothing know. is worth. You've been waiting all this time. What's a little while longer? And Nicole, we have driven this home time and time again, mm -hmm. that what is the next six months to a year of your life for the rest of your life? It is a minute amount of time that in the context of the rest of your life, the 30, 40, 50 years that you have to live on this planet, six months to a year of learning healthy habits and slowly, steadily progressing to a place where you can reach maintenance and stay there. That's really what we're looking at. You're not going to drop five or 10 pounds a week like it's not realistic. Yeah, I think this is where the expectation is so high for fast results. And this is driven by the industry. 
21 day fixes, 30 day cleanses, like there's always a num- seven day fasting or, you know, whatever. There's always like detoxes, a number. right? All yeah. those things. And here's the thing about that type of stuff. The reason why that gets kind of mixed up in terms of the type of coaching that we do is you can fast for seven days and lose weight. You can do a detox for 30 days and lose water weight. <laughs> But that's all it is. It's water. The minute you go back to the normal way of living, you gain the water weight right back because that actually does work. And people, quote unquote, I've done that in the past and it's worked. They think that if they just jump back on that, that it's going to get them the results. And so they're looking for us to give them the quick fix in terms of, uh, you know, uh, not only a fast way to do it, but a way that they can do it that isn't going to take a lot of work and dedication and time. So when they come to us and and someone says to me, I want to compete in a bodybuilding show. And I say, do you have the next two years to commit to it? Most people say, yes, sure. Okay. But I I don't really think they understand the ups and downs in between that phase of the two years of what you'll feel the, the mindset challenge and all the, the emotions that go into really working through your food plan and building a workout program. Then for general population, letting go of the 21 day fix. Like you tried it, you lost six pounds and then you gained it all back. It didn't work. So doing the same things over and over and expecting a different result isn't going to get you anywhere. And one of my mentors has been, um, says this all the time. Every time you go to the quick fix, you set yourself back another 30 days that you could have just been working hard for that 30 days and gotten further along in that one year program of commitment. So if you keep jumping around from program to program, which is the other part of that quick fix to quick fix to quick fix, you end up setting yourself back so much further than if you just suck it up and commit to what you need to do to to get you to the goal. Nicole, I think this is actually part of this is just what does it say about human nature? Um, And just to think in all areas, Mm -hmm. because I think we so badly want to be there. We want to so badly be at the end point that if we could snap our fingers Mm -hmm. and just be there, we would. If you're not enjoying this journey, then you've got bigger issues because you've got to be along for the ride for the long term. You're not just going to quickly get there and snap your fingers and just end up at the end. We're always just constantly thinking about the finish line without addressing the in-between. And I think that is also something that could potentially backfire for you, because if you're looking at the finish line, sometimes that's debilitating for people, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you're looking at, okay, well, I've got a 25 pound weight loss goal and you're looking at the end, but you're not looking at the little milestones as you get there, right? The most successful people that I coach are the people that lose anywhere from half a pound to on the high end maybe three pounds a week. And that'll be consistently for a long period of time, six months to a year. And then you end up at your goal and then you get there and you're like, oh shit, well, look what I did over the, you look back over the course of a year, one year, you blink your eyes. I mean, look at the year of lockdown yeah, and the year of we're at home working remote and now things are open again, right? Mm -hmm. Everything was shut down. Look at that last year. And people are like, oh my God, time flies. Like this is what I say all the time. Like the time is going to pass regardless. Yeah. So either you're going to do in that time or you're not going to do in that time. But if you're looking to get there quickly, chances are you're not going to do in that time. 
Yeah. It's the hard parts in between. It's the pauses, the weeks of not losing. This is where expectation versus reality is, is really important. The expectation is every time I do everything perfectly right, I'm going to lose. It doesn't work that way. That's not the reality. The reality is you're going to have weeks where you don't lose weight. You're going to have weeks where your workouts aren't as on point and heavy. You're going to have weeks where you don't feel like working out or something pulls you away and you continue to show up. Those in-between phases are the reality of reaching your goal where everybody's looking for like the perfected, I show up, I do it, I drop a pound and everything just happens magically week to week. So the expectation versus the reality from a coaching standpoint, then you implement the coach. The coach is there to meet with you on the weeks where things are really tough and you don't have the motivation. You don't feel like you're going to be able to show up or you don't feel like things moved fast enough. And that's where we're there to hold you down, keep you accountable, give you the support that you need to be like, talk you off the ledge. It's okay. You did everything right. Keep going. Look at the positives. We're there to hold you down and shine the light on all the good things that are happening because without that support, it's easy to pull away and be like, this isn't working and I'm done on top of the education of the reasons why all those things happen in your body. Yo, you're just literally jumping ahead on every fucking topic. right I now. can't help it. I'm excited. Shut up. <laughs> all right. So, Nicole, since you are jumping ahead on everything that we're going to talk about, let's talk about the next thing that you already talked about, which is quick fixes. Way <laughs> to just say, it. you know, you did you, you did what I've always wanted to do. Just give it to him straight. So <laughs> right out the gate. So let's talk about quick fixes and shortcuts. And this is something that often like and people bounce around with one thing to the next keto intermittent fasting mm -hmm. i'm gonna try apple cider vinegar because somebody told me it was good even though there's really no scientific literature to validate or substantiate any of that stuff low carb no carb you know all of these things that these are quick fixes like you don't know are you going to be able to stay in a ketogenic state are you going to be able to intermittent fast for a while like maybe you are but probably you're not. There's no shortcut to this. There, there aren't any kind of quick fixes that are like, okay, what could I do right now? And I've had these conversations with clients that are making slow progress or potentially not even making progress at all that they're like, oh man, Daron, like, is there something that I can just do right now in the immediate time to just give me some, some drastic results? And I'm like, well, no, like this is, this is the way you have to <laughs> do it. Right? Like, there's no easy way for anything that's worth working for. You have yeah. to put in the steps. You have to, you know, blood, sweat and tears like the, you. You have to go through the process of learning and creating healthy, sustainable habits. The part that's challenging for humans is that they want to be able to fit into the pair of jeans and feel good about them. They want to fit into the dress that they want to wear to a wedding in six weeks that they haven't really put any thought into until six weeks before a wedding or whatever the goal may be. We're trying to get to the end result faster because we also don't plan ahead. So another piece to this is making sure you're planning ahead. And then, and the second part of that is taking care of yourself on a regular basis. Like, you know, yes, shit happens and you fall off the wagon and you gain five pounds. The body does not respond. This is the reality versus the expectation. The body doesn't just change because you snap your fingers and change a few things. It takes time. We have such a complicated system and everything works in harmony 
together to be able to have that magical moment where everything clicks for the person in terms of the mindset. So if you wait till the last minute to do things, then that's why the 21 day fix is, is sounds so perfect because you only have 21 days to fit into the dress. You know, it's like, you have to plan ahead and be really methodical. And this also goes to, I mean, I talk to clients about this oh, so much. What are your health goals? This, this isn't just about physique and how you look. How do you want to show up every day? How healthy do you want to be? What is the goal behind workouts? Like, are you working out just to lose weight because you're going to constantly be disappointed? Are you going to the gross, grocery store and picking foods off a food list just because you want to fit into jeans? Or are you going to the grocery store to make food that's good quality, that tastes good, that you enjoy? Where is the life and passion behind living a healthy lifestyle versus just doing stuff off a list and a checklist to com complete a goal with zero passion? I don't know. That's probably not the right word, but you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no like excitement in it. It's not fun. We're going on to the next one. <laughs> yes, go ahead. All right. The next one is supplements. I think there's a big expectation that we're just going to give you all these supplements and you're going to, there's going to be some magic pill that we're going to recommend that the weight's going to just shed off. We're not just going to give you supplements because most of them really don't do shit. Probably nine, 95% of the industry is just unscientifically validated. So they really, this is not really, it's unsubstantiated for us to really just give you supplements just because, and we're not going to give you something unless you need it. I understand dealing with clients with sleep issues. I have recommended sleep supplements and blends of different kind of cocktails of supplements for people that uh, are shown to help you to sleep better or help regulate your sleep wake cycle. Things like magnesium, uh, things like mm -hmm. valerian root, melatonin, 5-HTP. Um, you know, what else I, I can't think of off the top of my head right now, but, uh, you know, stress supplements, things that are adaptogens like ashwagandha or rhodiola that there's a decent amount of research on th those types of things. Right. And some people need them and other people don't. And it's really going to be dependent on the individual. And then we get into sports and performance supplements, right? Things like creatine, beta alanine. Should I take a pre-workout? Pre if so, what pre-workout should I take? Uh, should I take things, uh, you know, like focus uh, things, nootropics for my brain? All of those things are all great. But here's the thing. The sleep, we're going to have to address the sleep habits and the sleep hygiene. The stress we're going to have to address still like we can give you a little Band-Aid on that, but we're going to have to take that Band-Aid off. Eventually, that cut's going to have to heal and you're going to have to learn how to manage your stress. So we're going to ha have to help you in that area. And for as far as far as performance supplements, first, you have to eat to perform. And once you are eating to perform, then we'll say, OK, let's take it to the next level and let's add a supplement on top of this. Now, I will say that I do see there is some effect and I've seen this in myself and I've seen this in, in some of my clients and some of my friends. And this is completely anecdotal. But what I do find is that in some cases, when somebody is taking a supplement, they want to take advantage of it and they end up staying on track because they're taking that supplement. Nicole, I don't know if you've ever found that. Oh, yeah. So there are cases where, you know, maybe I'll say, OK, yeah, sure, we could take a supplement, but you have to. It's not a replacement for your nutrition, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. And you can't depend on that to be the only thing. That's like for me, um, protein powder. People are like, do I have to have protein powder in my food plan? Absolutely not. It's a supplement for the quick on the go in between option 
but I don't really feel you need to be using that as a meal three times a day. I've had people come to me be like, I just do three protein shakes a day. And I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> real food first, because there's so many more benefits to actually eating real food than just drinking protein powder. Well, but they also think protein powder is the thing that's going to take them over the edge because it has some sort of like, I don't know, magical unicorn power. Yeah. Magical marketing power. You know, what you got to understand about protein is, is it's just, it's not just about the protein. It's about the other nutrients that you're getting along with your protein sources that are important. So if you're just drinking mm -hmm. protein powder, you're missing out on those nutrients that you should be eating on a regular basis. All right. So the next one, Nicole, and something that you also jumped the gun on perfection. <laughs> I'm just going to say outright, this is not possible in any scenario. You cannot achieve or maintain, even if you can achieve, you cannot maintain perfection. There's no perfect. And I'll use the example, right? Like, I think out of anybody that eats, quote, perfect or close to it, it's a bodybuilder. Yeah. One thousand percent. It is a bodybuilder. And let me tell you, I have never in my life had a perfect prep. Yeah. And any bodybuilding competitor, right. even top, top level bodybuilding competitor yeah. will tell you there is no such thing as a perfect prep. Nope. You will have moments of weakness. You will have moments of your day just didn't go well. Yeah, uh, so you had to pivot from the plan. There are so many different variables to life that you can't be perfect in any area. You cannot. Yeah. So striving for per perfection, you're already setting yourself up for failure right out of the gate. So what we need to do is just do our best every day, right? Is if every day we are doing our best and I want to kind of highlight what doing your best means. Doing your best doesn't always mean doing better than the previous day. You might have not gotten adequate sleep the night before, and you're a little bit more tired, or you might be stressed out, or in the morning, instead of having your normal breakfast, you had some emergency that you had to handle before you could do that, right? Some wrench was thrown in your day. Your job is to is, is kind of uh, and for anybody listening, this is one of the things that is in the book, The Four Agreements, that is it's always do your best is one of the four agreements. And this is something that they highlight in the book is that you're doing your best with the, the day that you have. Right. Yeah, so the moment you're in. So using the and in the book, they use the example of sleep, like maybe you're tired and you're sleep deprived. Mm -hmm. Do your best given that situation. Yeah. Right. And if you know at the end of that day that you genuinely did the best that you could with the situation that you had because you didn't sleep for whatever reason, then that's fine. That's yeah. what you should be looking for. You shouldn't be looking for perfect. You should be looking to do your best each and every single day. Yeah. Perfection is a big thing with meal plans because everybody thinks if they eat perfectly, then the expectation is the body will respond exactly the way in their mind. They think it should because they ate perfectly. And we know that that just does not not only does it not work, but that expectation is so out of the realm of reality that you're going to always be disappointed. I have a client that was like, I ate perfect this week. I took out alcohol. I didn't have this. I didn't have that. And I was like, well, how did you feel? And she was like, I felt miserable. And I was like, well, maybe you didn't achieve the goal this week because you took out all the things that you love and you were miserable. Maybe it had nothing to do with the food. Maybe you just weren't happy. So nothing that you did after that was really fun. I mean, I know I've said this in so many podcasts or a handful that we've done. 
that pleasure and fun in what you eat and the exercise you do. I realize exercise and food isn't always going to be like fun, like woohoo, it's a party, but it should be enjoyable. I don't think that you have to be miserable all the time to create a healthy lifestyle. I just don't think it has to be miserable. It it may be work and it, you may it shouldn't create be, dedication, it shouldn't, but it shouldn't be miserable. And for, for those miserable. of you guys listening, just go back to our episode on suffering versus sacrifice yeah. and you'll get a dose of that. All right. So Nicole, moving forward, the next one is less calories. And I think this one is particularly for the ladies. Less isn't always better. And mm-hmm. oftentimes people come to us and sometimes less calories is the answer. And other times more calories is the answer, right? Sometimes we have to reverse diet people because of uh, metabolic adaptation due to the extended period of time that they've been consuming less calories. So if you're coming to us at a thousand calories and you're expecting us to drop you lower, that expectation is off because we're going to have to raise you up to maintenance or what you're predicted maintenance is, and then drop you down slowly from there. Just having that realistic expectation that we can go either way. And one of the first things that I say with people that I sit down with is, I just want you to log in a food journal for a week. And I'm not going to tell you if we're going to go up or down in calories. I'm not even going to give you a target. I just want to see where you're at. And then we're going to make that determination in a week. Well, I think that's another expectation I want to throw in here is from a coaching standpoint, like a lot of my clients expectation is that I'm going to make all these epic changes week to week to week. And a lot of the times I don't make a lot of changes unless we need to make a change. Any of my clients that are listening, they all know I always have a plan A, a plan B and a C. If you lose weight, if you don't lose weight, if you go up in weight, like if it's a weight loss client or if it's a reverse diet client or if it's someone that I'm trying to build muscle on. I always have a different plan depending on what the result is from that week. And then we make a choice as to which way to go. So the expectation from a client to a coach is that they come in, they sit down and the coach goes, okay, we're going to take this out and we're going to put this in and you're going to do this more cardio and all these changes in one setting. And they walk out feeling like, because there are all these changes that were made, that something has happened and that creates value where a lot of coaches will change one thing at a time and see how your body responds to that before we go on to the next thing. And so the the slow pace of change from the coach to the client is another thing that I think from an expectation standpoint, you have to be patient on as a client. It's, it's not always going to be, let's like throw everything out the kitchen sink and redo everything. We're going to do it methodically one step at a time and see how your body responds. Agreed. I, I think that there's like this thought that you know, something has to change every time mm-hmm. in order for things to change, but maybe you're doing well and we just need to maintain where you're at. Yeah. And I always say to clients, like, give me till the end of the month. Let's see what the next couple of weeks brings. And they just go, Ugh. <laughs> like, come on. I want to know. I'm like, I don't know. I-, I can't tell you. Let's see where you are in three weeks and then we'll make an adjustment. Well, 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 what if I'm here in three weeks? And I'm like, well, then here's plan ABC. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll deal with it when it comes. Yeah. So that's the other thing in terms of expectation is this rush to create not only a quick fix, but a fast change every week. I'm like, you, you created this change and you got this goal. Now you need to show me that you can do that for the next six weeks before I make a change. Six weeks. What? And I'm like, this is a lifestyle. Can you maintain that? So it's not just about the change itself is can you now live in this space and make this consistent? All right. And the next one is, this isn't, I don't know if this is really expectation, but it kind of is. 
why am I not getting results? And it's, it's expecting results without work. And I think hmm. every experienced coach has been here where they're like, well, I don't understand why I'm not getting results. And I'm like, well, have you looked at your fucking food journal? Like, have you have you exercised? Have you progressed in your workouts? Have you been lifting heavier? Have you been consistent? Have you not? Nothing changes if nothing changes. Right. You ever hear that saying like, yeah, you cannot expect results just by hiring somebody and then just continuing to do what you were doing before you hired that said coach. That so, I think is such a that one's so tough because people get so stuck that actually it makes me sad, to be honest. And again, my clients, I've had this conversation with many of them that it makes me sad if you feel like every time we meet, you can't get your shit together to make a change and they feel like a failure. There's so much deeper issue in there. It's not about the food and the exercise. It can be self-esteem. You know, it can be, you know, not feeling good enough. Like it's some people so are afraid of success. Some people are yeah. afraid to put themselves in that place. And it's yeah. it's, you know. That makes me sad. Those are those are even slower clients because now we have to deal with those things first before we even get to food and exercises. Why do you feel this way? What's going on? How can I motivate you to get out of that rut and, and yeah, show the, you, that you can do this? The I am not deserving of this, right? Like, yeah, those are the things that what we all need to realize is that those are things that every single person I have clients that will be like, oh, man, they're on like looks like you have all your shit together, like you're doing this and that. And then I'm, a, I'm on the phone with Nicole and I'm like, oh, Nicole, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not doing as much as I could. And and just, you know, that that self-doubt kicks in and imposter syndrome, like all of those things are normal human things. And, and we need to start to think. And I tell my clients all the time, I'm like, listen, I got my own shit, right? Mm -hmm. Just like you have your shit. We're all in this just trying to figure out life, essentially, Right. And how to progress and how to move forward and how to get better and how to trust ourselves more and trust the process more. Right. These are all things that as human beings, we are all going through. And some of us are in different phases. And don't look at me. Look at the progress that you're making and look at where you are and look at what your starting point is. Right. Because, mm -hmm. you know, like. Jordan Syatt said, we're looking, we're, we're talking about not even just a different chapter. You're talking about a different chapter in a completely different book, right? Yeah. So you can't compare my, your chapter one in the book of you to my chapter 10 in the book of me. You have to start where you are and you have to look at you. There is a lot of, for some clients, there's that psychology piece and that, you know, you really have to become self-aware and that's part of nutrition coaching, right? A good nutrition coach will kind of help to guide you through that too. The learning experience, like some of my most successful clients that, you know, a lot of them commit to their workouts, like they come in, they never miss a workout. They do such a good job and they've got that down, right? They know. So I always say to them, you just keep doing that, keep that ball rolling. And then let then I, my job is going to focus on the nutrition piece. And we're going to really hammer out all the things that you need to work on and be patient with and like have fun playing around with different things and ways to do it. But my most successful clients are not the clients that have, yes, they have weight loss. Yes, they have physique change. Don't get me wrong. Those are all great because that's what I'm there to provide them with in terms of goals. But my the ones that really make me get up in the morning and like want to do this job for 
day in and day out are the ones that say to me, I don't view food the same way as I did a year ago. I now can go out to dinner with my friends and I make great choices or you know, a client of mine just went on vacation and he enjoyed himself and didn't worry about the carbohydrates he was eating. And another client wore a pair of jeans she hasn't worn in a couple of years. And she was like, I cannot believe, I never thought I would be wearing these jeans again. And she was in them and she didn't lose that much weight. It was like five pounds. So it's not this, this is the expectation too, is that you need to lose 20 pounds and be 12% body fat and be epically ripped. And it'd be so hard that it's no fun. Most of the clients that do a great job are the ones that are less perfectionist, that are taking control of what works best for them, having fun doing it, trying things, learning. It's messy. It's the messy ones that actually allow for greater progress because they're not so concerned of the end result, like you were saying earlier. They're really just enjoying the process. And I have such incredible clients that are learning about themselves first, and then the goal comes second. All right, Nicole. So the next thing I want to do is I want to talk about what you'll learn from a qualified evidence-based coach. One of the biggest things is we learn that calories matter. One of the most important things that you can develop as a client is a perception of calories and what is going to be more dense in calories and what is going to be less dense in calories and having a kind of real look at how many calories you're taking in versus how many calories you think you're taking in or you once thought you were taking in. This is really kind of like the eye opening moment when you start to log in a food journal and you realize, holy shit, I've been eating a fuck ton of calories or on the flip side, I'm not really eating enough. I'm not nourishing my body so that it can kind of fuel and perform. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, you know, one of the biggest things, I I guess, going back to expectation versus reality. And I'll just touch up on this real quick is the expectation that, you know, back to the less calories thing, like we, the reality is that we're going to want to feed you more to fuel your body in many cases or enough to fuel your body. Yeah. Uh, And when we create deficits for you in terms of your calories, we're creating uh, big enough deficits to produce the outcome that we want, but not so big where it's detrimental to either your health or your performance in the gym, because we still want you to be strong and resilient. Yeah, exactly. And then the next thing that you're going to learn, one of the, one of the other things that you're going to learn as you go through your coaching process is, and this might sound silly to some of our audience and maybe not others. And Maybe it sounds silly to everybody, but it's really not because Nicole, I don't even know. Like it's one of those things that it sounds to me silly, I guess, saying it, but I see it so much. What foods contain a carb, a protein and a fat? No, I was not silly at all because nobody and, understands. And which foods are more dense in these macronutrients? I'll give you an example. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, I had I had peanut butter and that was protein, right? Well, that was more of a source of fat or avocado is a source of protein. I'm like, well, no, avocado is really a more of a source of fat, right? So the way that I like to categorize foods is, listen, every food is going to have some level of carbs, protein, and fat in it. But what is the primary macronutrient in that food? And that is one of the things that you will learn in your process when you're just learning about nutrition in general. And the other piece is you'll actually start looking at food labels. And this is something that I often find that people don't 
look at prior to, I don't think they've ever looked at one prior to seeing me in most cases. Mm -hmm. So you'll start looking at the labels. You'll look at how many grams of protein, carbs, fat. If you're conscious around sodium, you'll look at that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's pretty much the only, like I daily values uh, and, and percentages of like vitamins, minerals, like they're on there for a reason i guess but they're not really something that people don't I even look at it anyway on. people are just so worried about how many calories are in it yeah they don't so even care if it's quality so so let's just focus on the calories and the macro portion of that the other thing that you'll learn is progressive overload training right progressive overload training is when you gradually either increase your weight your frequency uh the number of reps that you do in in your workouts uh, the rest intervals, right? You're just changing a number of different variables Mm -hmm. so that you can progress. Right. So what you may learn is that, Hey, I've been doing these same workouts. And if you're doing the same workouts over and over again, and you're, you're kind of stuck and you're not getting results and you don't know why, because you're active and you work out, like you need to be able to push yourself and create a scenario where your body is forced to adapt. In order to do that, you need to progress your workout forward. It needs to be difficult. So Mm -hmm. as it gets more difficult with a certain weight, you might have to increase the weight. I think weight is one of the biggest factors that I focus on is how much weight are you lifting? So five pounds, 10 pounds, 15, 20, like continuously progressing through that program in terms of how much weight you're lifting and creating a stress on the body that's going to demand change on the body. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's really interesting. A lot of my clients that I've been working with, like I'm hitting like a two year mark with a lot of clients that I have um, for specific physique goals. And it's really cool to watch them like looking at themselves in the mirror at the gym now. And they're like, Nicole, look at this striation and look at this cut. What exercise did this? I'm like, well, it's not just the one exercise. It's actually the fact that you've been committed for the past two years and showing up every day and doing your workouts. That's what is going to be the factor, like I put this in an Instagram post the other day, you know, you tear down muscle fibers. When you go to the gym, you feed your body to nourish them so that they heal and recover. And then you sleep and rest and recover so that you can do that over and over and over again to eventually build muscle. And so when we talk about expectations, people think they're going to do a six week program and all of a sudden, boom, they're like striations and muscles are popping and everything just happens. It takes years to build that up and years of repetitive over and over and over tear down, feed, rebuild, recover, tear down, feed, rebuild, recover. Like that's what makes the result then pop. So two years later, you're looking in the mirror and you're like, wow, I can see my shoulder and I can see this, you know, this line. That's a, that is a, direct correlation to the fact that you put hard work in consistently and you have to have a reality check here that that's not going to happen in 12 weeks. Consistency breeds results. Mm -hmm. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is biofeedback. You're going to learn that biofeedback is an important factor and biofeedback is essentially the feedback that your body is giving you. So how does your digestion feel? How is your skin, right? Is your, are you eating foods that are affecting Mm -hmm. You know, and this kind of goes into uh, certain food intolerances. A big one is dairy, right? If you have a dairy intolerance, it doesn't always present in your gut. It starts in your gut, but you might not feel it in your gut and it may present on your skin. It may present in your sinuses, some things that are inflammatory. So, you know, things like eczema or acne or sinus congestion, right? Like um, 
you know, I have certain foods that I eat that will affect me in, in those ways. And I just avoid them. That's important from a biofeedback standpoint, uh, but also your hunger, your satiety cues, how you're sleeping at night, your quality of sleep, how you're waking up in the morning, your energy levels throughout the day, right? All of these things are tied to the foods that you're eating. So, you know, looking at how you're feeling and kind of equating that to some of the foods that you're eating, as you learn more about your body throughout this process, and you learn more about foods, you'll start to connect the dots between, okay, well, this food affects me this way. And that food affects me this way. And I need more of these nutrients. And, you know, that's, that's the kind of the biofeedback piece to the coaching, which, you know, we go over in our sessions and then you start to learn and it starts to click for you. Yeah. The next piece is how nutrition is integrated in your life and, and how it's kind of not separate. And this is what I say all the time is that nutrition is more than what you eat. It's everything that nourishes your body. It's sleep, stress, movement, sunlight, and relationships, it's purpose, and it's mindset. Realizing that nutrition is integrated in your life and how to kind of treat that interconnectedness with your life and your you know, eating habits and your exercise and all that. Yeah. It's all the primary foods that we talk about in, in, in terms of what nourishes you other than food. And the most important thing that you'll learn from a coach is you'll learn what works for you. You've been bouncing around from meal plan to meal plan, to keto, to intermittent fasting, to low calorie, high calorie, low carb, high carb, low fat, high fat, whatever it is, you've got to take the time to really learn what is going to work specifically for you and not find this kind of cookie cutter. Well, this worked for Karen, so it might work for me. And enjoying the process of finding those things out. Keep putting the fun in there. I'm just going to keep throwing that in. And that's pretty much it, Nicole. That is nutrition coaching in a nutshell. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us this week. If you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, write a review, share this with a friend, and you'll hear us next week. 